All right, welcome back to another episode of In the Works from Career Services at the University of Calgary. My name is Lawrence. And I'm David Catterford. We're happy to be joining you again on our September episode. And uh, things are always changing uh, on campus. It's a new year, so we're happy to, to sort of be back on campus. It's a little bit in the air still with how things have progressed. And I mean, to be honest, this is our third time recording this studio. So just to kind of pull back the curtains a little bit, we aren't airing to you live. We are pre-recording these episodes. And this is the third time that we have to come up to the CJSW studios here to kind of re-record things because they're changing. So yeah, because yeah. Lawrence, yeah, we, we, we're, this is a re, re-edit because we were talking about, hey, David, what's it like being back on campus? And yeah, we've been kind of forced returning home a little bit a little bit yeah so we're not sure yeah it seems like uh things are, are still maybe progressing in the in the right direction uh things i think uh they're still aiming for in-person classes so nonetheless we did get a taste of kind of a bit of the energy that was happening the first two weeks so was it nice to kind of feel a little bit normal on campus seeing some faces and feeling a little bit of that energy absolutely yeah i i really liked it, it it's I don't know. To me, I, I, the campus is fantastic, but it's only fantastic if it's filled with students. Totally. Right? Yeah, for sure. It was kind of nice seeing seeing some of the, the the liveliness and the chatters in the hallway a little bit more. But I guess we'll just have to maybe be a little bit more careful for the time being and, yeah. and kind of stick to some of the, the guidelines there. But we can still, I think, get through this successfully, hopefully. Absolutely. And I think like last year when we all got sent home and, and, and I, I was really worried and nervous about being sent home because like, how, how can I work from home? And I didn't know about Zoom and stuff. But you helped me with Zoom and you helped me set up my home computer. And, you know, once we got used to it being at home, it was we still did our job. Career services did an amazing job mm-hmm. in 2020. Mm-hmm. And now... We're back and kind of more back from home. and We're doing a little bit of a hybrid, kind of taking some things that we did last year and applying it to this year. So, yeah, we're excited. Um, anything that you're excited about for this semester? Mm, not really. It's, it's kind of the same old, same old, but I'm always looking forward to the industry career fair um, and the career fairs. Yeah. And- I know you've attended a few of our employer information sessions already. Yeah. Yeah. How have those been going? Great. And you know what? I I really think over the next couple of years, employers are are really going to bend over backwards and and really hopefully try and build in wellness and and well-being and and, flexibility uh, and flexibility within their hiring process. And and that's how they're going to attract candidates. Yeah. So I, I think it's it's going to be good for students and future candidates. Yeah. So yeah, for the first little bit here, it's been a pretty good start. But now in the last couple of days, a little bit rocky. But hopefully we'll uh, catch our footing again and, you know, things can resume safely on campus. Yeah. So for we're sure. excited about that. So let's kind of just uh, kind of stop the chit chat now and let's get right into our uh, next segment, uh, Real People, Real Careers. If you listen before, then you know what it's all about. But for those who are maybe tuning in for the first time or first few times, you know, this is where we chat with a person who's 
you know, work, been working in industry for a, a little bit. And uh, we get to hear a little bit about what they're doing for their jobs, how they got there, um, a bit of their career path, and uh, any tips and advice that they have for students and new graduates. So today we are interviewing Tim Cruz, who completed a finance degree in 2018, and then went on to complete the data science program at the UFC. Right now, he works as a data scientist at Alto Sante, which focuses on the intersection of AI and healthcare. In addition, he's also involved in a few side projects and clubs that helps others learn about AI and machine learning, as well as investing in early stage tech deals. And so he's really involved in the field of tech and startup. And interviewing him is David and our student co-host, Shuham. So Tim, I mean, it seems that you are you have your eggs in different baskets. So, mm-hmm. of all the jobs that you do, what what do you find? What are some areas uh, that you find challenging in all in all the spheres that you are into? All of the things that I that that I'm kind of involved with, like they're definitely very kind of startup oriented, right? And um, the the one dominating kind of quality in startups is uncertainty. And I think that's something that I, that, you know, I've definitely gotten more comfortable with it um, kind of since, since starting all of these roles. But um, uncertainty is the really, really big one that, that I found to be challenging. When you're in the startup setting, uh, you know, whether it's AltoSante or the AI club, it's very, very hard to make any meaningful prediction on what you're going to be doing in six months, what you're going to be doing in 12 months. Like every day on a day-to-day basis it is very, very different. And so, you know, there's some days when I'm, uh, you know, where, where I'm writing a lot of code and actually kind of do, doing more product building stuff. Um, there's some days when I'm putting together ed- education materials for different uh, programming that we're trying to construct um, kind of around the city. And there's some days when I'm, when I'm writing um, like business proposals for, uh, for, for projects and, and clients that we're working with. And so it's, it's hard for me um, to kind of wrap my head around all of these uh, different roles and responsibilities and, and to kind of do a lot of that context switching. Um, so yeah, I think the, the uncertainty piece is definitely the, uh, the most challenging aspect. So if you talk about your education, I mean, can you tell us more about it and what did you really gain from your post-secondary experience and how is it really helping you in what all you're doing today? Yeah, totally. Um, so, so yeah, David kind of give a, a, a bit of a kind of overview of, of, uh, of my educational experience. So I, I graduated in, I think it was 2018 uh, from Haskane. Um, and I did a, a bachelor's of commerce in, in finance. Um, and then I kind of went on to, uh, um, uh, to do the new uh, data science program that was offered by the U of C. And I'll, I'll be continuing on to finish the, uh, the master's um, uh, now that it's been approved, which is super exciting. In terms of, of kind of my gains from the, the post-secondary experience, I think I'm going to, um, my kind of key takeaway is, is almost a little unorthodox in the sense that the biggest lesson that I learned and, and the, the biggest skill that I walked away with was, was very much this, the kind of soft skills piece of it. And in particular, learning how to deal with people. And that I think is oftentimes a bit of an overlooked aspect to the, to the university experience. I think people... Um, they, they like to focus on kind of building up their technical repertoire, you know, learning, you know, learning all of these skills that, that are really going to kind of transfer into a, a kind of entry level job role, for example. Um, but for me, the, the way that I kind of looked at it was that those technical skills are, you can pick them up and you can sharpen them and you can hone them 
um, on your own schedule, on your own time, and you can kind of pick and choose what you want to do and, and, and how you want to do it. But the people piece is this, it's, it's a pervasive thing throughout, like people drive the world, obviously, right? But particularly in, in the career setting, learning how to kind of navigate these personal interactions is so crucial on a bunch of different levels. And so one, one kind of uh, salient example I, I have is that, you know, you oftentimes have these very technically brilliant people, but they, they understand um, their, their kind of skill set. They understand their, this kind of domain in a very technical perspective, but they can't really articulate it in such a way that is digestible to everyone. Like you would have to do kind of in a, in a, in a job context. Right. Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes good ideas can often be lost um, or misunderstood or misrepresented without that ability to really articulate them in, a, in, in what I like to call a digestible way. And so that was one thing that, you know, throughout my undergrad and, and throughout the, the data science program, that's something that I really tried to focus on was, was learning kind of how do I distill ideas and, and, and how do I really try to understand and empathize with an audience or a different user group, you know, let's say I'm talking to a business unit within an organization, or let's say I'm talking to an engineering unit in an organization, or let's say I'm talking to a combination of both of them. How do I tailor my perspective and how do I tailor my narrative so that all of these people are kind of really understanding and picking up what I'm trying to say? That's, that's one um, massive takeaway that, that I had from post-secondary. The, the other one, and kind of more in line with that people piece again is, you know, particularly the, the, the group uh, project thing that I, I think a lot of people can kind of tend to dread in, uh, when they're in school. Um, learning how to navigate th those group dynamics is, is, is really important. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, how do you ask the right questions so that you and the entire group can start to understand, you know, what are within your group, what are people's strengths and what are people's weaknesses? And, and, and how, do you, how do you convey those strengths in such a way that you can kind of deploy everyone in, in, in a way that's going to really maximize their kind of value or maximize their contribution to a project. Um, and, and also just, just really kind of learning how to navigate diff differing perspectives, um, differing opinions. That, that's a super crucial piece. And, and that is something that you, that you have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis out in the real world. Um, and so, so I think um, those, those were kind of my biggest takeaways from, from post-secondary was really that, that people piece. Okay, good. Fill in this statement. Don't go into this area if you dot, dot, dot. Mm -hmm. So the, the one that I can speak to mostly is I would say, don't go into startups if you prioritize certainty and predictability, I think. And, and it's just because it's, it's the nature of the job, right? Like there's no, you know, like the, the, the stark reality of a startup is that you oftentimes find yourself in, in situations where you don't know if, you know, there will be a startup to be at in 12 months, for example, right? So there's a, there's a bit of that kind of, that kind of lingering um, uncertainty that, that I kind of talked about before. Um, another way that I would answer that question is, um, I guess, don't go into innovation if you're uncomfortable with people pushing back on your ideas. And, and what I mean by that is that innovation is, it, at its core, it's, it's about disrupting the status quo. And, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, a lot of people kind of like the status quo, 
right? And so, and so there will be a lot of pushback on, on you and, and the way that you kind of, you see the future of the world going. And a lot of people are going to push back on you and they're going to question you or they'll tell you that you're wrong or that you're on the right track, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so that's another, uh, that's another way I would kind of answer that question. Is, um, that's a great point. I mean, so, so yeah, I mean, and when you talk about startups, so what would you say are the perks of working with startups? Yeah, so there, 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 there are tons of, of pros, but I think the, the big one for me and, and, and one of the big things that I had kind of identified early on when I was going uh, kind of into my initial career search was um, I value work-life balance above anything else. And so the beauty of working at a startup is that um, you, you can kind of allow yourself that work-life balance because A, you work in a small team, B, that team is, is all in agreement on what the culture is. And, and for us, um, that, that kind of cultural piece was really, we're not going to look over each other's shoulders at every minute of the day um, to make sure that work is getting done in between the box of nine to five. It's really about, here's what you have to do. This is when it needs to get done by, just get it done kind of thing, right? And so, so that is super beneficial for me because, you know, let's say, you know, I, you know, I do a, a work block from, you know, in the morning and, you know, I get kind of mental fatigue or something, you know, there's nothing stopping me from, from going for a walk or going for a bike ride in the middle of the day and then coming back to it, you know, when, when my mind is in that, in that kind of fresh and, and ready to work mental state. Um, so that's, that's a really, and you, you know, in, in startups, you know, it can definitely start to take over. Um, and, you know, they're obviously going to be half, there are going to be times when you have to put in more, uh, you know, more hours, more cycles, and something is going to have to give. But it, but in general, um, it, it's it's more flexible on that front. Um, another perk is that you just get so much accelerated kind of exposure and, and growth to different things that you uh, that that would kind of otherwise take a, a much longer time. So you know, for me, it, it's it's really interesting because it's it's amazing because you know a lot of companies will say you know you know everyone's an equal and you know we're all colleagues and, and there's no hierarchy but in practice it, it's it's you know it's obviously a very hard thing to to achieve um but being able to work in, in a small team in the, in the startup lens is that um you know we you can actually implement things that that make that to be true so um evan and steven um they give me the same responsibilities that they would take on right like in terms of you know, uh, engaging clients and, and writing proposals. Like that's something that typically more senior people would do, but that's something that I've had experience um, and, you know, have oftentimes had the responsibility of doing myself. And that's um, really amazing from a, from a kind of a growth perspective as well. Awesome. Awesome. And it, it, it's really good to listen to the perks and get, and, and hopefully students listening in can go, Oh, I want to do that. I want to do that. Totally. Uh, okay, yeah. So kind of the final sort of question is, is, yeah, I want you to share some wisdom. Like what, what sort of advice or tips would you give a new graduate or anybody that's entering the job market now? Mm -hmm. um, okay. So, so number one, and folks who are listening, this is, if there's one thing you take away from this podcast, it's what I'm about to say. Whoa. When you are doing your, uh, or when you're entering the job market, when you're taking those initial steps, um, for your career hunt, do not fall into the comparison trap amongst people around you. It is, it is so exhausting, um, to, to kind of fall into that trap. And, and so, I mean, for me, it, it was very stressful, you know, coming out of my undergrad, you know, you're in fourth year, you're in the last month of your last semester and everyone starts talking about their offers, you know, 
oh, you know, I'm going to go be an investment banker here. I'm going to go work at Google. I'm going to go work at the big four. I'm going to, you know, do this and do that. And internally, you're trying to keep your cool. You're trying to say, oh my God, okay, I, I'm not there yet. So what, like, what, am I a failure? Like what, what's going to happen to me if, if I don't have the same pedigree of, of roles? And then you, you start to self-doubt yourself. You start to be hard on yourself. And it's, it's just exhausting because at the end of the day, you spend the majority of your life working and you, it has to work for you, right? Like you don't hold yourself to the standards that other people are setting. Don't try to follow the paths of, of people around you because it might not just be the right path for you. Um, so th that comparison trap can, can be really, really stressful and really jade yourself um, in terms of, in terms of where you start to look for, uh, for different jobs and, and how you start to look for those different jobs first and foremost, really try to identify what you value. And, and um, the, so the, the second kind of piece of advice is you have to find a work culture that suits your set of personal values, right? And, and you know, a, a lot of people say that, but I, I cannot stress enough that that is so true. And yeah, those are, uh, those are the, the two big ones. And, oh, you know, the, the last one is, um, you know, everyone says that networking is king and that it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. That is incredibly true. But when I say networking, I don't necessarily mean, you know, going to the big networking events that your faculty puts together. I don't necessarily mean going to job fairs. I mean, just really taking the time to, to get to know a lot of different people and, and, and sort of leverage the wisdom of a crowd and, and ask a bunch of different people a bunch of different questions and then sort of use those, those different perspectives to put together an ensemble Kind of picture of the world and so that you're actually getting sort of a, a very diverse perspective um and and in general i i would definitely say people are more than happy to to help um but it's it's hard to kind of get that that personal help when there are a hundred students to one executive at a, at a networking event right so you know definitely leverage tools like linkedin and, and definitely don't don't be afraid to ask because the worst that they can say is you know sorry i don't have time and i you know i can't really help you but in my experience, I think everyone that I've kind of reached out to and just said, hey, you know, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a fresh student. I'm kind of coming out of school. I'm really interested in working in the space that you're working in. I would love to take 15, 15 minutes or 30 minutes of your time just to get an understanding of your personal perspective about this space. And people are really receptive to helping, uh, helping on that front. Um, so, yeah, those are those are kind of the three biggest piece of the pieces of advice that I would have for uh uh, for kind of new grads. This interview was recorded in August 2020. To listen to this interview again, go to ucalgary.ca slash careers. All right, and we are back on In the Works, airing on CJSW. So we just heard from Tim, who had actually like a fantastic tip to end off his interview um and that's again for us to reiterate and maybe we'll do a little bit of discussion around it and kind of falling into that comparison trap i think for a lot of us it just really happens automatically because we talk to our friends and classmates on a regular basis so it's really it's really easy to to for kind of get negative about it and I don't know. It's just really powerful what he said. And I think it's really good to kind of for students to keep that in mind and, and really trying your best to avoid kind of going into that downward spiral. 
But did you have any other further thoughts or tips, David? Well, as you know, I really like when we promote, you know, students talking to other people about their careers. But one thing I've noticed is people, when something good happens in their career, they like to brag and boast a little bit. And don't worry about it. I mean, that's, I mean, if they're bragging and boasting, that that's great. But that's, that's their career. I, I really think just worry about yourself and, and worry about your career. And like Tim said, don't compare yourself to other people because you're an, you're an individual and you're awesome. And it's just, I don't know. I just don't think it, it's healthy. Like, I mean, your career is difficult enough. So I think just, just worry about yourself and it's okay not to know where you're going to go next. I mean, that's part of life. That's part of the adventure. And it's just not healthy to compare yourself to other people all the time. Because there will always be somebody that's stronger, faster, smarter than you out there. So don't worry about that. That's their problem. You just worry about yourself. Yeah, no, I think those are some great thoughts on that. And I mean, for myself, I think I've been there too. You know, obviously, you know, I have friends like that are in different areas. And, you know, some, you know, are working uh, for oil and gas. Some are maybe in a different city. So it's kind of hard. But I, I think I've kind of come to... I think I've kind of made peace with that, I guess you could almost say just that, you know, this is kind of one area that I've pursued and I'm happy and I'm pretty proud of it and that's good enough for me. Okay, so now let's maybe jump topics a little bit. So we finished talking about the comparison trap, but another thing that we also heard from uh, Tim and in his interview was his involvement in clubs and how important that is. And so over the past couple of weeks, you know, again, still the beginning of the school year. Um, it's a really good time to join uh, a lot of these student clubs. And I know that the student union has been featuring a lot of uh, clubs on their Instagram. So yeah, if you don't follow the students union already, I recommend you do so. And, you know, there are a lot of different clubs to choose from. So I guess for maybe right now, David, let's maybe play a little bit of a game. And I'll just simply call it club or no club. Okay. But before we do that, I guess, how many th clubs do you think there are on campus? Is it over or under 280? 280? What a weird number to pick. I mean, it's you know what? It's probably over. <laughs> yes, and I tried, I guess, trick you there a little bit, but it is over. Um, I went to the Student Union website, and they've listed 327 clubs. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Quite a bit. So out of the 327, I guess, you know, you'll have to see if what I'm about to name is a club or not a club. So first off, the Bird Watchers Club. Is that a club or no club? Absolutely, it's a club. Okay. Well, that was wrong. It's not a club. No, not a club. There's no bird watchers here on campus. Really? I, I mean, well... The bird watchers out there create a club. Come <laughs> on, man. I mean, we should yeah. have a club for bird watching. I know there are some pretty cool, like, cool looking birds around campus. I recall a few years ago there was like a, I don't know if it was a hawk or something like that. It was nesting on top of, I think, the ICT building. And so it was like squawking a lot and, and whatnot. And, and there were just different notices telling people, like, don't 
don't start a letter or anything like that. Do you remember? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe that was just I'm not that. really a bird watcher type person. <laughs> okay, next one up. Uh, birthday wishes. Yeah. That, okay. That's a club. Yes, and you are correct. So the Birthday Wishes is a student-run organization devoted to providing underprivileged children from financially insecure homes with a birthday party. So that's a very nice cause that they are helping out. Oh, that sounds like a fantastic club. Mm-hmm. That would look really good on a resume, don't you think? Oh, yeah. Okay, next one up, the Dungeons & Dragons Club. I mean, for sure that's got to be a club. Yes. Yep, and you are correct. Um, obviously, Dungeons & Dragons is a very popular game, and so there is a group here devoted to that on campus. Okay, next one is the paddleboarders. The pa- well, I mean, there's, what, two, 327 clubs? So I'm going to say, yeah, that's a club too, yes. Yeah, and you are wrong for that one. <laughs> oh, man, okay. I mean, Calgary has a bit of a short summer, so... Uh, you know, to go paddleboarding would only be a few months. So, no, it is not a club. But I know our, our coworker Matthew would probably be a, a key member of that club because he loves paddleboarding. <laughs> yeah, I'll talk to Matthew and get him to create that club. So we'll have 328 next year. Yeah. Okay, so right now you're two and two. Okay. Okay, next one is the improv club. Mm, no, there's okay. no improv club. Is there? Yes, there is. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm ashamed because I, I should have known that. Okay. Yeah, because I, I think you mentioned you're part of an improv, improv club outside of campus. Well, I've been trying to get in, involved. I, right. I, I, absolutely, yes. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that one I think kind of speaks for itself. You know, they teach applicable skills, build some confidence on stage, and just, you know, have fun with improv. Uh, next one is the Sewing and Knitting Club. Yeah, that's got to be a club. Ah, see, I tried to trick you, and I did. (laughs) That is not a club either. Really? (laughs) Okay, because I know my mom is big into sewing and knitting, and and they always have that, that their stitch groups and stuff. So if my mom was a student at the university, there would be an amazing sewing and knitting club. Totally. And uh, last one is the American Sign Language Club. You know, I hope there's a club for yeah. the American Sign Language Club. Is there? I hope. Yes. Yep. And you are right. Good. And uh, yeah, that one, you know, if you're interested in learning uh, American Sign Language, right? I, yeah, there's a club for you to do so. And, you know, you can practice and, uh, you know, raise awareness things like that. Um, I think you got four correct and four incorrect, right? I lost well, I track. Think was, I'm more like seven out of eight, I think, aren't I? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> we forget. Okay, well, I guess, yeah, that, that was that segment there. So, no, there's a, a good variety of clubs. And, I mean, a lot of the ones I mentioned are more interest and hobby related. But, yeah, there are a ton of uh, academic-related clubs as well, right? So, you know, if you're in a certain major... I think chances are there probably is a club for, you know, psychology students or engineering students, right? You name it. So um, definitely check uh, check it out. And clubs, I think, um, you know, you could be a member. 
Uh, but as well, I think later on, maybe you might want to consider being a part of the leadership group uh, for some of these clubs and really uh, gain some experience that way. Okay, so after all the clubs, you know, I think uh, back to kind of referencing the interview that we had with Tim, he also talked uh, a lot about the tech and startup industry. And, you know, that is one area that's quite popular these days, I would say. Um, I mean, especially in the last year or so, technology has really taken the forefront. And so I, I think where you can find a little bit more information on that, I mean, there are a few different places and websites, but I really do recommend Calgary Economic Development. They have lots of great information on grants and organizations that support the innovation ecosystem. Um, and so there's some names and contacts and whatnot on there. And then there are other websites that will also redirect you then to, uh, to other uh, local organizations that support these areas. And so just one quick fact that I wanted to leave you before we close off is that, again, last year, 2020, health tech and fintech, or AKA financial technology, have really emerged in Calgary over the past year, attracting about 124 million, or about 75% of total investment. So those two areas are really, really popular, and you could definitely see why. And uh, in fact, I think a couple of months ago, we had talked to uh, one of our guests named Tiago, who works in FinTech. Um, so definitely go check that interview out if you're uh, interested in that area. But yes, that brings us to a close for today. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time then on another episode of In the Works.